Welcome, welcome into another post-season six episode of By Order of the Peaky Blinders. As always, Daniel Gilman, Josh Levy with you. And as we continue to sort off everything leading up to the movie and everything past season six, there were a couple guests that we had lined up for when after Peaky was done. And one of them that we're very excited about is with us here now. It is the hair and makeup designer, the idea behind the Peaky haircut. It's Laz Schiavo. Laz, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, how's it going, guys? No worries, no complaints. We are... Uh, I'll tell you what, we, it's, it feels a little weird, right, to have Sundays without Peaky Blinders here the last few weeks. Um, and so, so Laz, you, you, I want you to walk us through from the beginning, you know, how, how you got the call, how you first started working on Peaky Blinders, and how the introduction for you into that world was, what was that, what, six, seven uh, years ago? No, God, longer than that. I think we were talking. Oh, yeah, 10 years ago, I think. Nearly 10 years. Yeah. Kills how did it happen? Off. I wasn't married. <laughs> I didn't have kids. <laughs> You know, I was like single, thinking I was never going to meet anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so how did it happen? I met my husband on Pickies 2, and then Pickies 4, we got married. Wow. Mm. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Amazing. So was it an email? Was it an agent that you had that, that kind of no, got you connected? No, um, no I, was at, I was at a party, and I was, um, um, yeah, a director's party, and I contact and then I saw I saw one of the uh this girl that I know I haven't seen her for ages she said oh Lars listen this is right up your street you know I'm doing a job Peaky Blinders blah 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 you should go and speak to them I'm like oh yeah okay you know but when you have conversations with people you just sort of let it ride until it, it flourishes right um and then I got the call from my agent and stuff and so I went up and spoke to Otto and um yeah we had a great conversation he's like now nah, listen I want haircuts that are not normal. I'm like, you got the right person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I go so off pissed, you know, this is why I could never teach haircutting because I just design haircuts for the person and not, you know. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I did a mood board and, and a, you know, their favorite book that, um, that we go, go on, our Bible that we use. And, um, and then, yeah, off I got it and then, down we go and um that was it it was just sort of basically you know I saw the peaky hat and what I wanted was um that you saw skin and then when you took the hat off there was hair but obviously each hairstyle was was made for each person you know separate you know individually designed um yeah so it went it just went on from that really and so obviously, you know, we're, we're very honored to be with you. You got the, the British Academy Television Craft Award for Best Makeup and Hair Design. Was it a hair design that you had familiarity with? Because, you know, we're from the United States. Not a lot of people outside of the army have that high and tight style. Oh, look, the thing is, look, the pinky cut, in, it has been around for many, many years, many, many years, but in different forms, you know. So I just got our... our you know, I just saw these pictures from long, 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 long time ago. And, um, and I just changed it to suited, that suited me and suited the show and put my own final touches on it, you know. Um, and then obviously, and then I just sort of called it a peaky cut. Um, a friend and, and, that, and now, yeah. And, and, and now you have, you have many mimicking that. You have a lot of Halloween costumes mimicking your 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 creation so you have that to be proud of 
Yeah, it's really weird, actually, because I remember season one, I cut the boy's hair and they're like, oh, my God, what have you done? You know, <laughs> and Joe Carl was uh, sweet, very sweet. You know, he came and sat in our chair and he had little glasses on and I cut and coloured his hair and it was just like, I mean, it was a shock, but it looked awesome. And he went out because um, there was a rehearsal with all the actors and Otto came to me and he went, Loz, that was so cool. That is so cool, you know. I'm like, yeah. So he said it. So once I did it to Joe, it was, I'm like, Paul's like, yep, okay, I got to do it then. And then Kills just took a little bit more time to um, persuade. We had to do his in stages, which was fine. Um, and then when the producer said to me, I think it was at the end of one or maybe no, it was two actually, season two. He said, oh, I was at the haircut. And I heard this guy said, oh, can I have a peaky cut, please? <laughs> He's like, oh. And then, you know, it's sort of... <laughs> And then, you know, it's season one, the boys, they were walking along the street and everyone's sort of looking, going, oh my God, what's happened to you? <laughs> but then, so, you know, by the time it got to season two, season three, it was like a normal haircut. Right, exactly. It, I couldn't imagine the show with, with any other kind of haircut, but obviously with, with, with your role on the show, you have a very intimate relationship with a lot of the characters. Um, you mentioned kills or kills. I, I'm pretty sure that has to be Killian Murphy, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this is yeah. a question that, that, that we kind of ask uh, all of our guests who uh, come on the show. What was it like working with Killian Murphy? Um, we've heard nothing but great things, but we like to hear everyone's perspective. Oh, he is the most amazing human being. He's very care. He's just, uh, uh, he's just fantastic. And he's got this aura, great aura. And when he's dressed as Tommy and he comes on that makeup bus, you're like, uh-huh, Tommy, you're cool, you know? Um, but Kills as a, a person is very laid back, very incredible, true professional, amazing human being. He's just awesome. And, you know, and I hope I carry on working with him because he's just a, hu a great human being. And he's one of the reasons why I um, carried on doing Peaky's as well. Wow, that's awesome. Hmm. I, I want to ask you, you know, you started working in Melbourne, right? You know, yep. starting Melbourne off in Australia. Australia. Yep. That's where I started my career. And we have so many fun little connections, right? Because, you know, with, with uh, Freshville, James Freshville being added this season, he was the star of the Australian movie Animal Kingdom. Oh, yes. Which is the TV show that Finn Cole stars in in the United States of America. So we also uh, break that down, that show on. And, and I want to kind of tease this in the beginning. We want to talk a little bit at the end. But you didn't work with season six in Peaky Blinders. So it's been... No. Go ahead. No, so um, my husband and I, we, so we, we um, adopted in two children, a set of siblings in season five, at the end of season five. Um, no, sorry, start of season five. And I said to the producers, I, look, I can't, I can't go to Manchester full time. So they said, okay, well, what works for you? And I said, look, I'll design it all, do all the prep, do all the haircuts and do three, four days a week. And then I'll hand it over to my team to look, look after. And they're like, yeah, perfect. Um, but sadly, four days before shooting, we got shut down because of COVID. Oh, wow. um, and then when it started up again, um, due to COVID, the producer said, Loz, we can't do the same deal as before. You either got to do it full time or not at all. And because my kids were, our kids were quite young, I, I just 
you know, and they're adopted, you know, I needed to be there with, with them. Um, uh, yeah, so I decided not to do it. But, you know, I designed most of it um, and I handed it over to Julie Nightingale, who was my supervisor on the last two or three. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, it was brilliant. It was great. So on, on top of that, I what, felt what... safe handing it over. Perfect. And it, and it looked beautiful, right? Of course, you know, Alfie had a lot less work done on his face in this season than the last. So I wanted to ask you, was, was Tom Hardy the, the actor that was in the chair the longest with you? Did you have to do the most work on him than any other character in terms of makeup? No, listen, you know, for the girls, it takes a while. Uh, okay. um, girls, hair and makeup, it's always usually an hour 15. When, Tom, when Tommy came in for 75 for his prosthetics, you know, prosthetic face, there's always two of you that work with them, you know, at the same time on his face. So they're not in the chair for any more than, you know, two hours. Um, but, you know, also he likes a good chat. So <laughs> nice, nice to have him in the chair and have a good chat on and catch up on everything. And, you know, so it's, it's great. What was it like to sit back? And I know that you don't necessarily get to watch the series during. So, I mean, I assume every year you're watching it as a fan for the first time, but what was it like to not know anything involving the show here in season six and just watching it on Sundays? Uh, oh no, I knew what was going on. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, because I'd read the scripts and then they obviously um, changed a few things around, but it's nice to be able to be detached from it, to see how they shot it, how it all comes about, you know. Um, yeah, so it's good. It was, it was, I enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it. There was a couple of, couple of apps I've gone, mm, hang on a minute, but that's okay. Yeah. A lot of people had some nits to pick. Um, and you know what you, you mentioned when we were talking off air that you haven't listened to the podcast yet. So why don't you go ahead when we're done and, and listen to a couple of our thoughts and then get back to us on what you agree with and what you disagree with. And, yeah, and yeah. maybe, maybe before the movie, we'll have you on again, but we, uh, Josh and I like to ask this question to, to most yeah. of our guests here that have been working on the set. Is there one episode in the history of Peaky Blinders or one scene that is like your ultimate favorite? And I'll say that a lot of people answer the same oh, thing. Oh, gosh. Mm. Do you know, there are so many amazing scenes in Peaky, especially in the first four seasons, you know, where we hadn't done things. You know, nothing, it was all original, you know, hadn't been reoccurred into season five or six. Like, I loved watching Killian Murphy and Sam Neill act together is like going to Wimbledon. It was amazing. Oh, I love it. It's that. just like, you know, yep. it's these two amazing actors. They're just bouncing off each other. They're just awesome. Um, and I think it's season two. There's a club scene where the Peakies go into this club scene. Yep. And, um, they tear it apart, basically. Yep, that 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 Arthur and uh and uh Tommy scene yeah. when they go into that yeah. elegant that elegant room that and lovely, take that it over. Club and they're sitting around the table and they're all cool and they all sort of look at each other and they just explode. You yep. know, yeah, um, that's definitely a classic. And I, I I just remember that scene because that the director kept saying to me, "Come on, come on, do another scar, another scar, another cut, another cut, <laughs> more blood, more blood." And myself and my team, we're just laughing. We're like, you know, going, oh, another cut, another blood, quick, quick, quick. You know, it was, it was, but it was really fun. And, and you know, I, I, if I remember correctly, 
Arthur shagging some woman on the couch or something on the end. I think it might have been a threesome, to be honest. Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. That's <laughs> Not surprising. Yeah. Right? And it was yeah. just like, oh, my God. You know, it was just... There are, but the thing is, there are so many amazing scenes in Peaky's. Like season one, you know, shooting season one was just awesome. Being on a job and you go, this is great. This, no, is, this is something absolutely. special. This and is something really special. Is really something really good. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, the, the whole Peaky universe was, was shaken up by the news of Helen McCrory's death. Of course, we, she was very, you know, close to everyone on set, very uh, near and dear to everyone's heart. So what just if you could just describe your experience with her as a person and what she meant to you and um, her her legacy and how she how she left a lasting legacy with you. Oh. Helen is. Um, yeah, she's an incredible human being, um, powerful actress. Um, I've been, I was on her journey um, from the start um, and, you know, she, she's so courageous and so incredible and didn't complain once and turned up to work all the time, especially after she'd been to the doctors. She was, wow. I mean, I'm telling you, she was, if I have the strength that she has, it would, I would be a lucky lucky person and you know and she gave me a lot of support as well when I was going through my adoption journey and um and when we adopted she was always checking in on me all the time you know wow. <clears throat> calling me and you know we got we you know I've been working with her for nearly you know for 10 eight years you know so I knew her very very well and yeah it's just heartbreaking oh yeah yeah <laughs> It's hard, it's hard to try to transition from, from talking about um, such a powerful character, but in the same light, we can kind of stay out there because Peaky Blinders has been so highly praised for its ability to write women's roles in a powerful way. And, you know, as a woman on set, when, you, when you're around some of, the, some of the other shows that you've done, how can you compare Peaky Blinders in that way, right? In the way where there are more than two powerful women in a scene, right? There are more than one oh, yeah. protagonist that's a female character. Is, is it something that you're seeing more and more around or is it still something that Stephen yeah, Knight no, was you, able to just find? I think, you know, Peaky's was my first eye-opening of how powerful the writing is. And, and that's one thing that Helen loved was how Aunt Polly was, she was this strong woman, you know, and it's just, amazing how it, it you know and and she loved Helen loved the writing loved Aunt Polly and loved being Aunt Polly you know and um it, it, it's just it was great to see and of course seeing all the other actors like Ada and Natasha how their characters have just evolved I mean they're tough man these girls don't you don't stuff up with any of the peaky girls that's for sure <laughs> I mean, oh, they're strong. It's it's amazing to watch. And, you know, I am going to mention now, uh, if any listeners have not seen season six, this is probably the time to stop listening because we may go into a couple spoilers here. Um, and, you know, the addition of Amber Anderson here in season six was so fun. Another brilliant, bright female character. 
But I want to ask you, there's been a lot of speculation moving into the movie. And so a two-part question for you, Laz. Number one, what plot, what main storyline do you think the movie will, will, will capture? And number two, if there were any big name stars that could be added, who do you think they might, or who would you want them to add as in the movie for Peaky? Do you know what, you know, it, uh, over the seasons of Peaky there have been so many big American stars who wanted to be in Peaky Kids. Like who? Pretty, I mean, it's amazing. You know, so many people who want to be in it. But, you know, it's like, you can't have him in it. He's a Hollywood, you know, <laughs> no, you know. It's, it's like Tom Cruise, right? Like if you see Tom Cruise, you think Top Gun or Mission Impossible. You can't throw a big name into Peaky no, Blinders that's not, not British. Peaky, right? right. is Peaky's. That's it. Tommy is Peaky's. Peaky's has its gang sort of thing. And you have a one baddie that come in at you. But um, I don't know. I, you just don't know with Stephen. He, he, I'm sure whoever they cast is, is going to be amazing. Well, we do know that Michael's not going to be in it unless he comes back comes one back eye. To Maybe he's actually alive. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It did. I, I, I don't think Michael's going to come back. But when you did read that scene in the script, as you mentioned, whatever it was, 2020, 2021, what was your reaction when you found out how season six would end? I didn't see that. I didn't read that bit. That bit was changed. Wow. Oh, okay. That so. is. Okay. So Daniel and I with our, our huge lull in time between season five and six, we just, we, we took it upon ourselves to make some bold predictions and what we thought. And I thought that Stephen Knight was going to drop a bomb and he was going to go the game of Thrones route. He was going to go that the, the, the whole breaking bad route. And he was going to kill off Tommy Shelby. And so for all of season six, I was telling myself, I can't believe I got it right. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then they dropped that bomb on us. So did you think for one moment, that Tommy Shelby was actually going to die, or did you think he was going to come out Listen, victorious? Tommy's got, Tommy's got like, you know, not even, he's got, you can't even say he's got nine lives. He's got like 20 lives, yep. doesn't he? You know, he gets beaten up till, you know, season two, he got so badly beaten up, remember? And he yeah. got a knife put in, in his mouth and, the sh- and you know, everything was, it was just full on. I don't know. I always, I'd always like to think Tommy never dies. that's a good point well i I do want to ask you then um as much as you're allowed to share what was the biggest difference in the script that you read you know what was taken out instead and when they added in how this would finish oh it it it, you know so many different things to change because obviously alan wasn't there so things had to change a lot big big time I can't give away what was and what wasn't because it, it's not fair and I could get myself into trouble. Understandable. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, there was, the one thing I did love is the memories of Helen, the flashbacks of Helen's voice. You know, yeah, that was amazing. That brought a few tears, I gotta say. Um, you know, we, we honestly felt that the, the first scene was almost a tribute to Helen. Although it was also a tribute to Polly, the character, it was almost as if the characters were paying tribute to Helen and you could see the raw emotion in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. And that was really powerful. It's, uh, yeah, no, it, it, was, uh, it was, yeah. I can't go into any of that. 
No, yeah. we, we won't. It, yeah, it's it was it was heavy. Um, and of course, for somebody like you, that was it was a big part of it. You know, obviously, family really comes into a big centerpiece in the show. But you mentioned in the beginning, right? You you got to create your own family because of Peaky Blinders. So I want to know what was the story behind how you met your husband? Where was he working on set? Uh, so my hubby, <laughs> actually, is Helen. Helen again. <laughs> so, so we're on season two and I'm going, oh, you know, I'm going to buy a house. I'm not going to, I'm going to spend all my money and all my this on my, on my house and a business. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to spend my time looking for a man. Anyway, I got on Pickies too. And, and I saw Mike, Mike was doing the DIT, the digital. Um, he now owns um, Notorious DIT, which is a big post-production house. Great name. Um, anyway, so we he, we just started talking and I thought, hmm, actually we went out the first, we went out the first weekend and I thought, I'm going to marry this dude. I don't know why, because I'm, I never even thought I was going to be the marrying type, but I thought, yep, I'm going to marry this dude. And apparently I kept chasing him around going, are you sure you're single? Are you sure you haven't got kids? He goes, no, I haven't got kids. I'm like, why don't you have kids? I mean, come on, are you sure? Anyway, it was Helen that kept saying to me, she, I remember, I so remember her walking up and down the makeup bus with her finger up in the air going, I've got a tutting going like this. I've got a good feeling about this, Lowe's. I've got a good feeling about this. And um, and she said, so you're going to ask him out? I'm like, well, yeah. And, I, and I'd just been nominated for a BAFTA for the first, that first season, season two. And um, she went, well, why don't you ask Mike to come to the BAFTAs with you? I'm like, are you kidding me? No. <laughs> She said, Lars, come on, it's just a date. It's okay. I she said, I invite my male friends to parties, so let's just, you know, be fine. I thought, mm, okay, cool. So that was that was our first proper big sort of introduction. Was like, do you plan to come into the BAFTAs with me? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so on on camera and off camera, Helen McCrory and Polly Gray both have that. They've got that sixth sense, don't they, right? Oh, oh my God. Let me just tell you, Helen, it, it, she has definitely got the sixth sense. She's incredible. Absolutely incredible human being. And I miss her every single day. Every single day, you know. And then, um, so we got married in season four. In the, in the break. Yeah, while we're shooting. That was a fun, that was a funny season. You know, we, we actually, uh, we actually interviewed the woman who played like Lady Petrova in that season. The, oh, the, did you? The, who played the Russian? We yeah, did. I think she, it was season three. Go ahead, she Josh. She told us that she never, she never watched the show and she, she doesn't like the violence in the show, which we found she hilarious. Didn't. She didn't read the scripts, Laz. So when she's standing there and they're having an orgy in the other room, she had what? a conniption. She, it was the funniest thing. <laughs> Oh my God, that was, I tell you what, that was the funniest season. And she was so amazing, so much fun. And I remember we had one scene, right? It was literally an orgy, a whole room yep. of orgy. Yep. And I'm standing there, I'm going, oh my God, we're never going to get this on screen. How are we, <laughs> what are we doing? You know, we had two guys shagging by the piano. Yep, yep. Right? How much, how much makeup just, was needed? And Arthur, and Arthur's having a great time, obviously, with all these, you know, with all these women. And, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? <laughs> this is just what Peaky turned into. Amazing. Yeah, that was, that was once, that was one scene I was like, oh, 
God, this is just hilarious. This is not going to be able to get through, you know, and we're all just sort of sitting there giggling us, giggling. That's awesome. Laughing. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's quite funny. Another, another amazing actor that's on the show is obviously Tom Hardy playing the role of Alfie. What was it like working with Tom Hardy? Is he as eclectic as he is on screen or is he completely different? Uh, Tom is like a soft teddy bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tom... Tom is a very, very sweet man who, who's, who's got a lot of empathy and um, loves animals. So, you know, when anyone brings their animals to work, that's it. He's just there, you know. Um, he loves chatting and he loves and he treats everybody exactly the same. You know, he's, he is very, you know, I remember um, season four, maybe I ended up having to kick him off the bus at the end of the day. I'm like, Tommy, listen. I've been here an hour and a half after sh after the shoot. It's finished. I've cleaned your makeup. All done. But he was talking to one of the runners, just talking about life and just, you know, giving him, they're just both getting along really, really well. And uh, I'm like, come on, guys, can you just sort of take it somewhere else? I want to go home, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, he's, he's adorable. He's a, he's a great guy. You know, actors are actors, right? Right. Absolutely. Well, there's definitely a... Uh a worldwide question on what Tom Hardy really sounds like, right? Have you, I don't know if you've heard about this, Laz, but like every role that Tom Hardy has done in his life, it feels like he's putting on an accent. So nobody, you know, like even in Inception and then of course, you know, Dark Knight where he was with Killian Murphy and now he's a Marvel superhero and nobody really knows what, what would you say, like how would you place how he sounds when he's just talking normally? Oh, normally or not as, not as his character? No, when he's just Tom Hardy talking to you in, in the chair. Um, sometimes, it, I don't know. I don't even see this, I, the difference sometimes. So it's a little bit like Alfie. Yeah, it's a little bit like Alfie, a little bit clearer, because Alfie mumbles quite a lot. Okay. Um, Alfie's like, raw, raw, raw. Right, right, yeah, right. He's not like that. He does speak a lot clearer. And he's, you know, uh, yeah, he's, he's definitely a lot clearer, definitely. But it is just, I don't know, I've never really noticed or never really taken any uh, yeah, notice of the way he speaks. But he's definitely a lot clearer because you, you do have to understand, you know, you do have to get it. When he talks, you're like, yep, got it. All right. So last question for you. And we thank you so much for joining us here yeah, and, and no taking worries. a little bit of time. Um, moving into the movie. Th this is the one thing that Josh and I have had a little bit of a uh, argument over in what you think is going to be the focal point of the movie. Because I, I, my guess is that Tommy is going to play like pretend dead, kind of like Alfie did. And it's going to be a little bit more shining on Duke, maybe against Finn with some other stuff. Um, Josh seems to think that, jo that that Tommy will be. It'll just be Peaky Blinders, you know, all think, over again. Go I ahead. think that that it's more like Tommy has some unfinished business. There's mm. some plot lines that that need to be kind of more carried out, like the Oswald plot and the Jack Nelson plot, and kind of needs to be. It kind of just hit a standstill there at the end. I think it's going to be more on Tommy, but Daniel think it's going to be something else. So, what do you think? I would love. I I mean, I just love. I would love to see a prequel. What happens? Mm. You know, when yeah. all the, I want to see. I want to get all the family back together. Yeah, we've 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 talked about how we would also love to see them during the war, and mm. seeing what their life was like before they kind of took up the family business. Um, and that would be great. That would be amazing content. 
yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do, but you know, it's it's difficult. You know, Aunt Polly's not there, so it's it's changes quite a lot. But I'm sure they'll do some sort of flashback. Well, with her I, I was I was gonna say, Laws. You know, maybe we have a flashback, and everybody has new actors, right? Play so we can get a younger Polly. And maybe yeah. a, maybe a younger time. But the thing is, Stephen Knight's already come out and made all these promises. So obviously we know that I, we know I'm that not, Killian I'm Murphy. I mean, I always knew. Listen, I've been talking about a film since like season two, season three. Really? Yeah, I've been talking about doing a film for a long time. Long because originally long. I think it was supposed to be seven seasons and then yeah. moved and to then six. And it was supposed to end with the bells of World War II and, yes. and so many, the goalposts keep moving here for Stephen Knight. Yeah. But the thing is, to get Pete, the Peaky Gang together is really, really damn hard. I tell you what, yeah. the producers all work so hard because all the actors, you know, season one and season one was fine. Season two was a little bit more difficult, you know, but from season three, it's so hard because everyone, everyone's got bigger. Sort of exploded and right. they got very, you know, um, and to get everyone back again is really hard. So we kept going, it's, you know, Pickies, to, to shoot Pickies was like four months anyway. So to ask for a film, when are you going to fit that in? It'll have to be right at the end. And then to be able to get everyone together again, that's a difficult part, isn't it? You know, that's because everyone's got other, everyone's got other jobs and careers. Everyone does all sorts of things, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. We That's what we have been talking about. I mean, we all we we like to refer to Game of Thrones a lot, and that ended up happening at the end of their show when it was pretty much impossible to get them all in the same place to film. No, it's so hard because you end up going, well, you've only got two weeks to shoot with such and such, or you've got one week to shoot with her, and you know, and you're like, oh my god, guys, you know, what, what happened was... to you know season one, season two, when everyone was there and every, you know, so yeah, it's... that whole seeing it all grow like that has, has been amazing to watch but also you know can be a bit frustrating you're like oh what do you mean you've only got one week with them and we have to stop everything to shoot it's, with them. it's a sign of a show that has successful actors right michael gray thin cole yeah. becomes a movie star and same with anya taylor joy and you've right? got to kind of balance it and... oh he's joe oh mr cole i love him he's fantastic he's the cole brothers are just awesome. we 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 actually uh, in our peaky off season during COVID, we actually broke down the first season of Gangs of London with uh, Joe, where, where um, yep, Joe oh, Cole was Joe Cole. Star. Yeah, with Emma J. Scanlon too. It was a great show. Right. Oh my God, Joe is, oh my God, Joe's, Joe's so much fun. He's so brilliant. Oh, tell I mean, he's got a great story about the haircut. He said oh, yeah. he, was, he was on the train and uh, he was, he, have you got time? Oh, I'll quickly. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Let's hear it. Yeah, anyway. So he said he was on the train and a couple of guys were in front of him. He didn't know. And they'll go, they were talking about complaining about their haircuts, right? <laughs> they're going, oh man, I can't <laughs> believe she did this to me and do that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Apparently he gets up and he takes his takes off his hat and he went, mate, you don't have this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's oh, awesome. Perfect. Perfect way to wrap it up. Lars, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so she's, much. That was that the, was a lot of fun. The award-winning Laz Schiavo for Josh Ob Daniel. We binge so you don't have to. <laughs>